And that's how it's done. It is the WMAY morning news feed and Wednesday at 8.30. We have full disclosure. Typically, Jim Leach is here taking care of that with the Better Government Association. He's off for the holidays. So I am now helping David Greising from the Better Government Association get on the airwaves so we can highlight what's going on with your tax dollars and your government. David Greising, Better Government Association, thanks for taking time with us on the WMAY morning news feed. For full disclosure, how you been? Great to be with you, Greg. Been good. Good to hear. So uh, we've got, of course, uh, the end of the year rapidly approaching. It has been uh, quite a tumultuous couple of years, uh, not just for Illinois, but for the country. Uh, and of course, with COVID-19 numbers, uh, that's that's on a lot of people's minds. What's uh, the situation look like up in your neck of the woods? Well, in this neck of the woods, uh, we're seeing, uh, as part of this statewide surge lately, uh, a large number of uh, hospital intensive care unit beds being taken uh, statewide. We're seeing that as well. Uh, the, the ICU number available is actually declining significantly. And, of course, we're seeing measures by government officials, such as Mayor Lori Lightfoot, uh, yesterday announcing uh, that proof of vaccination will be required at restaurants, health clubs, and other public venues. Uh, public venues are re- allowed to remain open so long as they uh, uh, require proof, and there will be penalties enforced for those that don't. Do we know how long that's going to be? Is this indefinite, or is this just a fact of life now? Well, there's a lot of talk about uh, the fact that the uh, pan- the coronavirus uh, will be with us, uh, much like the seasonal flu over time. As of right now, it's the surge of this highly contagious Omicron uh, variant of the virus. And uh, Illinois is not alone among the states in uh, seeing this surge, expecting even worse because of holiday gatherings and such. And uh, some of this, some of this uh, measures may be uh, preemptive. Uh, rather than waiting for a big surge to overwhelm um, hospitals and healthcare centers. We're talking with David Grising for full disclosure. He's from the Better Government Association. And with that mandate, Lori Lightfoot implementing, it's going to be required for anybody over five years old to show proof of vaccination before they go into a gym, a restaurant, or an entertainment venue that's not going to include the airports or churches or office buildings. Uh, so we'll see how that gets implemented when it starts. January 3rd. Uh, David, one thing I think is on people's minds is hospital capacity. And uh, I did look at some of the numbers and uh, rather fascinating to see here. Uh, In the past few weeks, uh, we've definitely seen an increase, almost doubling of the number of ICU beds with a COVID patient in that bed. Uh, But when I looked at the year worth of total ICU beds and total hospital beds, we're actually fewer total hospital beds than, than this time last year. What do you think's behind that? Well, the Omicron virus, uh, while case counts are high and the uh, positivity rate also is high, uh, the this variant doesn't put people in the hospitals as often. And so um, it, it, it tends to be more like a bad flu than uh, the life-threatening condition that affected people in the first round of the virus and with the the deadly Delta variant. So uh, it probably has a lot to do with the pathology of uh, the disease as opposed to the case counts, which which are at 
uh, a peak level or at a level that we haven't seen in more than a year. And one thing the governor last week highlighted, even though we do see increased number of COVID patients in hospitals, yet fewer actual co- you know total number of hospital beds. Uh, the governor last week did talk about uh, some of the uh, the treatments that are available. While he's still pushing uh, vaccines and masks, uh, he did talk about some of the monoclonal antibodies uh, that they're trying to to manage to get uh, to various places throughout the state. Uh, so, so we'll keep an eye on that and how uh, the government's reacting to the ongoing going COVID situation. David, there was an announcement. Uh, was that earlier this week or last week? It's all blending together for me. But uh, Governor J.B. <laughs> Pritzker, uh, he announced that, uh, and, and the reason why I'm, I'm confused here is because we've heard about the sale of the Thompson Center for like five years now, and it seems to have been one of those budget gimmicks <laughs> that was in every annual budget until recently. What's going on with the Thompson Center? Did we really sell it? Well, it, it looks like it is, in fact, sold uh, for $70 million to a uh, an investment group led by uh, Michael Keshker, the uh, uh, chairman of the prime group of realty companies. Um, uh, and the state is actually going to buy back uh, part of the um, office complex there, the, uh, the Thompson Center, for $148 million. Uh, the state is claiming net-net that it actually will save the, the state set $20 million a year because uh, office space would have to have been acquired elsewhere were Illinois' offices not to stay in the Thompson Center. Uh, you're right. Uh, this has been used as a budget gimmick. Bruce Browner, in, in his 2008 budget, I think it was, uh, put in a $300 million revenue item uh, for the sale of the Thompson Center. That, of course, never happened. Uh, and it's been difficult to unload this building. Um, the, the What's really the kind of news here, more than... Uh, the, the numbers is the fact that the building itself, the shell of that building at least, will be saved. And some people, because it's a helmet, helmet Jan design building, and Mr. Jan unfortunately died in a bicycle accident uh, last year, the, the, earlier this year, I'm sorry. Um, there, you know, there's concern about maintaining, saving, preserving his building. Um, uh, the new owner will do significant retrofitting, including replacing glass, putting glass partitions around the uh, hallways that open into that huge atrium in that building. And so a lot of work is going to be done, but the shell of that building will be preserved. So it's not going to be a water park, as somebody uh, proposed several months ago? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, and there was some concern uh, that the that a new office tower would go up that would use sort of every square foot of that uh, prime real, downtown real estate. And uh, the landmark preservationists had included the Thompson Center as one of the most uh, threatened buildings in the country. And so those concerns appear to be uh, alleviated for the time being. David Greising with us here for full disclosure. He's from the Better Government Association on the WMAY morning news feed. Let's talk about pension costs. We do have uh, several pension audits that are going to be coming out. I believe the teacher's retirement pension is going to be uh, having a, a financial audit released today and a couple of other, the uh, the pension funds from the Auditor General. So it'll be interesting to see what some of those uh, financial uh, audits reveal. Uh, but uh, pension costs still very much an issue, even though we did see a bit of a change in uh, how much the uh, unfunded liability is. 
Yeah, the unfunded liability number, which is the kind of the, the jaw-dropping one that always scares us because of it basically these are bills that we are owed, uh, we owe to uh, retirees and those who will retire. Uh, it actually declined substantially in the last year because of these outlandish investment returns, the pension funds, the state pension funds of Habla, and on the order of 23 to 25 percent investment returns against a budgeted uh, about a 7% return. So that sees the unfunded liability go from down from about 130 to about 130 billion from 144 billion. All of that said, Greg, that doesn't mean our pension costs are going to go down. The state is spending almost $9 billion a year on pension payments, about 20% of the general funds budget goes toward pensions. That will continue. And there are uh, pension experts who say that in order to achieve pension security, in order in order to make these funds 100 uh, percent funded, the state ought to be investing or paying down about 15 billion dollars a year, or in other words, almost twice what it's paying if we ever do want to catch up on our pension liability. Yeah, one of the things also a part of the uh, conversation about the pension funds that uh, the Commission on Government Forecasting and Accountability put out there was the uh, funding ratio. Right now we've got, what, like 43% funded ratio for all pension funds and uh, actuaries. Uh, suggest having it 100% funded. That's not going to happen for decades. But uh, uh, the, the plan is right now only 90% uh, fully funded by 2045. And uh, well, so there's some, some different uh, opinions as to whether 90% or 100% funded. Yeah, in the real world, 90% is considered fully funded. Yes, 100% would be technically fully funded. But pension experts say if you're at 90%, you've got a pretty healthy pension fund. Right now, um, we're at about 40%. Uh, we previously, before this surge in uh, investment returns, we had been at 46%. I'm sorry, we're at about 46% uh, versus uh, what it was previously, around 40%. So uh, that investment return, um, yes, has made it look a little bit healthier. But that's the thing, though. The stock market can go up and the stock market can go down. And if you're only, be whether it's between 40% or 45% funded, it's still about half of what it ought to be, which is abysmal, one of the worst funded pension systems in the country. Back with full disclosure, David Grison from the Better Government Association with us. David, we've got about three minutes left here to touch on two big issues. One, the latest in the ComEd bribery scandal uh, that had uh, former House Speaker Michael Madigan listed as public official A, ComEd, telling the uh, Illinois Commerce Commission they want to pay a $21 million refund based off of that case. Uh, but you've got others who are suing ComEd saying that they actually think that the ill-gotten gains were much more in the billions. Uh, what's the latest here? Yeah, it's this uh, narrow offer from ComEd is, is, as I think the uh, critics have said, uh, sort of chump change uh, against the actual cost to ratepayers over time due to the uh, its, its admission of uh, of uh, illegal conduct and uh, influence peddling. $21 million is basically covering the cost of employees and contractors who did uh, work that is has subsequently been found to be illegal. It's just the opening bid and a very low one, I might add, in what will be sort of a publicly negotiated settlement of what ComEd does owe ratepayers. We should expect, and I hope, that this number will go far, far higher over time. 
as the full cost of ComEd's illegal conduct comes to life. And we'll continue to watch that story closely. Another story uh, that uh, we've seen year after year after year, of course, we've got the census and the decennial census that showed Illinois is one of three states that lost population, about 18,000 or so, I believe, over the, the past 10 years. But David, we've seen estimates every year from the U.S. census that far exceed that, including yesterday and most recent numbers indicating Illinois lost, what, upwards to 114,000 people just in one year alone what's what's behind some of this we got less than a minute well yeah uh, the, the the big concern is the number of young people who are leaving and um you know illinois is losing uh, num numbers and we don't fully know the reason uh some of the critics of the government in illinois blame high taxes and corruption and this is a number that merits further study We'll definitely uh, review that further as well here with the Better Government Association. David, what's the website and the email address people can get a hold of you? Right. I can be reached at decreising at bettergov.org. That's D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G -I -I at bettergov.org. And our website is bettergov.org.